Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Two Fit Podcast, hosted by the Two Fit guys, Jake and Josh. Now, Two Fit, by definition, is actively pursuing a state of health and well being beyond perceived limitations. So, if you're looking to push the boundaries of performance mentally, physically, and everywhere in between, then you have come to the right place. On the Two Fit Podcast, we will be interviewing and having fireside chats with renowned experts from doctors and strength and conditioning coaches to athletes and entrepreneurs. Our goal is to extract tools and tricks of the trade that you can implement, whether you're a world-class athlete, weekend warrior, entrepreneur, or grinding out the eight to five, all in order to assist you on your journey to becoming Two Fit. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Two Fit Podcast. And we're here today with Die, the Moose Manual, and uh, just a, an extremely accomplished man, author, blogger, uh, coach, CrossFit athlete, successful dad and wife. I meant dad and wife. <laughs> Dating his <laughs> wife is what I saw on there. Yeah, successful dad and husband. Um, he just told me that there's no redos in life, so I guess we're gonna have to leave this in there in the intro now. <laughs> so, um, but Di, we're we're happy to have you on, and the moose is loose, and we're giving him free reins of your radio waves today. So, Di, thanks for being on, man. Uh, thanks, Jake and Josh. I mean, you guys, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to connect with some of the people in your tribe. You know, I've, I've been listening to some of your podcasts and checking out what you guys are doing online and and offline. And I got to say, you know, you guys are pretty inspiring. So um, thanks for the opportunity. It's really cool to connect with you both. And we appreciate, we appreciate it. it for sure. So I did want to ask, where did Moose come from? Where's, where did that nickname originate? <laughs> well, it, it sort of happened. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, Patty or uh, Greg Patterson, he, he He's, uh, was really the dude that helped bring CrossFit to Canada. You know, he opened up, I think it was the fourth CrossFit gym globally. And it was the one that opened up here in Vancouver, Canada. And that was back in like 2000, maybe it was early 2005 or late 2004. So it was pretty early on in the whole CrossFit uh, evolution. And um, anyways, I, I sold him some gear because my, my background in business was uh, as an equipment retailer. And uh, I sold me some dumbbells and some benches, you know, some basic free weight <laughs> stuff. Because back then, you know, CrossFit wasn't a rogue. <laughs> it wasn't an Again Faster or all these other guys that were out there. And uh, so I, I was important stuff. And anyways, long and short of it all was, you know, I was a gym guy. And uh, I was like, you know, period, periodization, supersetting, yeah. uh, looking at myself in the mirror, <laughs> doing some bicep curls. And uh, this CrossFit thing came to town. And he's like, yeah, so this is what we're doing. This is how we do it and I'm like oh, sounds like a boot camp to me man like and uh so I kept putting it off I was like nah 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 and then the the movie 300 came out oh, and yeah. we all we all remember the movie 300 and uh Jones's coaching and some of the methodologies there were very similar to CrossFit and uh so I was like oh, okay I'm just gonna go try the baseline I'll just go check this thing out and I just went in for the basic baseline testing, and I got spanked. <laughs> you know? Really? It was like Tabata squats. It was like a med ball run. And, you know, the typical fitness testing they do for a lot of these intakes to, to establish a baseline. And I was like, 
dude, here I'm at this fitness guy that thought I was pretty fit, and I just got spanked, you know? Yeah. And and he's got a picture of me dry heaving up against a chain link fence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Patty's awesome. So uh, anyways, long and short it was that I went for the, the one-mile run, and I run like a moose, okay? And Patty was very quick to point that out. And uh, he's like, moose, get going, you know? And uh, anyways, and the name stuck. It just sort of stuck, and then uh, I got into blogging back in 2007, and I was looking for things that weren't unencumbered, yeah. and uh, I originally started as Moose's Loose, and uh, so the moosesloose.com, moosesloose.ca were both my domains, and that's sort of how I started my blogging, and Coach Moose sort of evolved from that, and, and it's been a, a nickname that's just stuck, and it's hilarious now, because I get tagged. Anytime somebody sees a moose, and they're familiar with me, I get tagged <laughs> all over the place. It's like, oh, check out this moose. Oh, here's another YouTube. Video of a moose getting hit by a truck. Hey, die! Check it out. So it's been uh, been pretty entertaining, but um, it's been great. Yeah, it's. I, I like to think I don't run like a moose anymore, but no, I do. I, I'm a saunterer, and I'm not light footed. Otherwise, my name would be Gazelle. So that's just that's the deal. It's the cards I was dealt, man. Oh, that's awesome. That's a good story. So is uh I mean is CrossFit part of your story cuz I know like I've seen some some of the pictures and some of the articles you've written you have that that image of you as a teenager you said you were yeah. kind of uh you know you loved just eating food and kind of being lazy <laughs> so I mean I'm interested to hear kind of your personal journey uh, as far as that goes to where you are now Well yeah you know I I, I don't come from fitness so I, I know in the past um a lot of people, you know, a lot of people in the fitness industry in particular, like if you look at the majority, uh, a lot of them were, were athletes, you know, they were people that had come from sports and have always been active and fit and just doing stuff, you know, like moving their bodies. And I came from a very different background. You know, I was at the age of nine, I, I you know, I started to put weight on just based on lifestyle choices at the time. And and my spheres of influence uh, as well at the time just weren't, you know, fitness wasn't a focus. So it wasn't a focus of mine. And uh, by age 14, I was classified as morbidly obese. And for those that may not be familiar with what does that mean, you know, from a medical perspective, it, it basically means you've got a BMI of 40 or more. Okay. And and at age 14, you can imagine a doctor's looking at your mom. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, guys, uh, morbidly obese. He, he's, he's, this is not good. You know? wow. And uh, at the time, you know, I had all the typical uh, stigmas that are attached to people in that state of unhealth. And I was quite depressed and withdrawn. And, and uh, my con uh, way of consoling myself was obviously playing video games, watching movies, and eating. You know, that was my comfort. And uh, I had to make some hard changes. And by age 15, I had just hit rock bottom, at least from an emotional and psychological standpoint. As much as, you know, my parents are fantastic people. They're, they're very accomplished business people and, you know, very inspiring. On that. And they've been great role models. But from a health standpoint, they weren't, you know. And uh, so I had to seek outside help and, and find some other people that I could basically ask for help from. And... I made some changes. I, I literally just said, you know, enough's enough. It's either I'm going to kill myself, quite literally, or I'm going to fix this this health issue that I'm dealing with. And 
fortunately, I went with the latter. <laughs> and uh, literally in about an 18-month span, 20-month span, I, I lost the weight. And it also kick-started me into puberty um, because at that point, I, I mean, obviously low testosterone levels. And, and just I, I was, wasn't doing myself any favors. So when you hear about people that are in that these teens that are overweight, it's like, man, the best thing they can do is start exercising because at least that's going to get the hormones more regulated and get things happening. And fortunately for me, it did that. Uh, I hadn't hit puberty yet, so it kick-started that phase, and uh, so that ex-test boost, <laughs> along with the training I was doing and the diet that I was taking on, and, and man, it, so I shot up about a foot, um, but I also leaned out, and I put on a lot of muscle, and uh, I haven't really looked back since. So, you know, I've been in states of unhealth since then, and but never to that level. Uh, that drastic level again and uh, so it, it gives me a different level of empathy when I'm working with people Listen, I, I totally get what it's like to be in that state where you have zero momentum you, you know you just all you want to do is nothing <laughs> you yeah. know it's really hard to get motivated to do anything when everything is hard and uh, so how do you get that that first step off the couch as they say and um, that's what I really specialize in is just helping people make those those choices that matter most in life and uh how do you sustain that choice day after day after day? Di, did you, um, so when you made that decision to kind of make a change, did you have a mentor or anyone that you could turn to, to, uh, help you out with workouts or diet or, or did you just kind of dive into it yourself? Well, I'm, I, <laughs> and this is, I always like to date myself. So I'm 39 now and you can imagine back, this is, you know, quite a while ago, uh, that I made these initial changes. There wasn't a Google, you know, <laughs> there was actually no internet, you know, not, not the way that we understand it. Today. No bodybuilding.com so was, or T nation or. <laughs> yeah. There was none of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what did I do? Well, I went to the library. Yeah. There's these buildings wow. that you can get books from. <laughs> and, uh, those still so exist. I, I, yeah, I know. And uh, I always joke about that with my kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So this is what I had to do back in the day. You know? <laughs> like, I didn't Here's have my library card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I went and I got books on fitness and nutrition. And uh, I was also fortunate that at the time there was, uh, you know, we had one gym in our town that was fairly new. And my parents, you know, realizing that I wanted to make these changes, they, they originally bought me a bike. So I started mountain biking for a summer. And literally, like, I was at... They're cycling two, three hours a day, minimally, and really focused on making some changes, you know, especially with my nutrition. So after that, that summer, they were more than happy to to invest in, in other ways for me to continue this, this passion that obviously I was uh, chasing. And so they got me a gym membership. And, and fortunately for me, some of the guys that played on the, the, the school as well as the rep team for hockey, you know, in my town I grew up in, uh, they, they were more than happy to also give me a hand. And, and some of the older guys at the gym and the owner, like, that everyone was willing to help. It, it's really incredible, you know. I, I think it's a big thing just we often forget is that people like to help people, um, but you have to give them the opportunity to. And you have to be humble enough to say, hey, can you help me? And... Uh, I was just fortunate when I extended my hand, there was a lot of people there that were willing to extend it back and, and literally pull me along and uh, guide me a bit. And uh, so that's that really impacted me a lot at that age. And, and I've had that, that same drive in myself ever since then to want to pay back and, and really give back to people and help them the same way that I was when I was that age. Yeah, so I want to go back to what you were saying that you specialize in and helping people find that first motivational step to get off the couch and it seems like in in your case you said it was almost like you hit rock bottom it was either 
die or I actually start getting fitter and healthier. Um, so when people, if, if they haven't reached that rock bottom, because obviously this is a, a common trend in America today and especially in our, in our kids and teenagers, yeah. what, what do you tell those people? Um, say, if they have hit rock bottom or haven't, what is that motivational step to get them off the couch? Yeah, it's a, it's a conversation I have often, and I, and I write about it quite frequently or talk about it. And it, I think the first thing is realizing that there, there is a finality in, in that idea of rock bottom. When I say that, it's, it's, it's like the basement, right? You're, you're, unless you get an excavator and you start digging deeper, it's, it's typically you are at the bottom. It's not going to get any worse than where you're at right now. And just you have to accept that, you know, okay, this is where I'm at right now. This is my starting point. Now, you know, and, and I was, for, for me, it was like a fork in the road. It was like, I either go left or I go right. And, it was, and I don't like where that direction's going. So I better figure out something or else I got to just accept my current state and be okay with that. And I wasn't okay with it. And I, I think people have to get really honest with themselves, you know, I literally take personal inventory and both on, from an emotional standpoint and psychological standpoint but also from a physical standpoint and I really understand well what is it what's the type of life I want to lead you know what literally what's the lifestyle I want and, and start to design that um, and, and not only with their mind but then, then start to take actions to realize that painted picture if you will and uh, you know you'll hear a lot of motivational speakers and personal development speakers often talk about the why you know i'm a big fan of simon mm -hmm. sinek and simon sinek you know he's great especially from a business leadership standpoint you know it's phenomenal what he talks about and he's very very uh, on point when he talks about that internal emotional motivation that really drives us to do the things that we do and and understanding your why, like what is that purpose? And, and I often talk to people, especially, uh, I, I, you know, the main people that tend to read my stuff, they're typically late 20s to late 40s. And it's a it's a, almost an even split of men and women. And these are people that are in that phase of life where they've become very career focused. You know, they've, they've started to settle down in life. They, they've gotten the homes, the cars, you know, they're having kids. And they've realized that they've put all this effort into all these other areas of life, but they've let their health uh, their, their focus on themselves, their fitness, their health has gone on the back burner for a lot of years. So all of a sudden, you know, they had a metabolism that just allowed them to get away with a lot. Right. <laughs> but they also had an act, active lifestyle prior to getting into that mode of life. And, and all of a sudden that's gone on the back burner. So they put on this extra weight. They start to feel down on themselves. And we all know that when your hormones get out of whack, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in our body. And it's really hard to regulate that if you don't have proper nutrition, you have good fitness, you know, you get an adequate sleep, you're drinking enough water. There's all these little basic things that we can do, like maintaining a car, but we forget about it. We just don't focus on it. No one's talking about it. And uh, so it's when I engage people in these conversations, it's like, hey, you, you know, you're, you're 40 years old now. When you're 60 and your kids are out of the house and, and they're starting to have their own kids, you're becoming a grandparent, what are you planning to do when you're not what, what do you want? And most people tell me, well, I want to travel. I want to be able to hang out with my kids and their grandkids, you know, like, or, or children. And I want to be active. I want to be mobile. And I'm like, well, what are you doing today to ensure that that's a reality 20 years from now? Well, I'm not doing much. I'm like, well, you better figure something out, you know, like, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Let's find a plan that's going to work with where you're at right now. And we'll do it in a little stages, move along the way. But you have to get from that place of, of, uh, of I should or I could or I would 
to I want, you know, and I'm excited to be. <laughs> and uh, it's that that frame of mind that you really have to try to shift people to, to get into. And it just happens through conversation. Yeah, and that, that one decision, you know, to kind of get off the couch and, and change your life really um, snowballed into what you do now. I mean, led you down the path of coaching. And, mm-hmm. and what was kind of that next step once you, say, got into your 20s? Um, once you had made the change, did you know that, okay, I'm going to be in a, in a world of health and fitness and nutrition for the rest of my life? This is, this is what I want to do. Yeah, initially when I, so I, I grew up outside of Toronto in Ontario, there's the other side of Canada. And, and when I graduated high school, I, I had an opportunity to apply to go to university in BC. And, and for me, it was sort of that long shot, but it, it was really excited about the idea of getting out of province or, you know, like you in the States, get out of, get out of your state. And, your home state because I, I wanted to really get away from the community that I grew up in because there was still a stigma attached to me. Um, you, you know, like I had to date up. Okay. So when I say date up, I had to go up a grade or two to find girls that didn't know who I was or what I was like previously, you know, because to a lot of my social friends, I was still considered that, that short fat guy. Right. <laughs> and it was just really fun, but you know, it's high school. It's just, it's high school. So, hey, that's okay. I started hanging out with the older kids a couple of grades. You now. weren't in the band yeah. or anything, right? <laughs> no, I, I was in band up until grade nine. <laughs> okay. And then I made some changes and, uh, yeah, I didn't play the trumpet anymore. So, it was a required uh, class, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I uh, made some changes. And, and so when I got the opportunity to apply out of province and, and learn to go across the country to, I mean, I love Vancouver because it's just, I get the best of all worlds. It's and uh, so I left. I left everything behind, really packed up a, a suitcase and, and got into university. But I started in the sciences. And uh, after a year, I realized it wasn't my cup of tea and I needed something else. Uh, and I switched over after a year of just sort of mucking around and rock climbing and doing martial arts and working out. I basically took a year off of school to figure out what I needed to do. And, and then I went back for philosophy and English literature, <laughs> which is not in the fitness space. And, uh, but meanwhile, I was doing my, my, I was working as a trainer and I was doing so much stuff in the fitness space, but I was like, man, I can't make a career of this. I got to really go back to school and do something else, you know? And, and I kept fighting that, that desire to want to be in the fitness industry full time and, and thinking that, no, nah, I got to do this. I got to make my parents proud. I, I, I got to do what everybody else is doing, you know, like, you know, they got to realize this over 20 years ago and back then the, the fitness industry wasn't what it is today. And, and so I was fighting that, that status quo that just people don't become trainers full time. You know, it's something you do part time to sort of supplement what you do in real life. And because it's a passion project. Right. And, uh, I just said, forget it. I'm going to go for it. And I happened to get into selling fitness equipment part time while I was going to school realized I had a knack for sales. I really enjoyed it because I was able to talk to people about fitness and health and wellness and share my story and get them started on programs. And I'd sell them gear and away we go. And uh, 20 years later, I just, well, I was 18 years later, I, I worked in that industry for a long time and I became a founder of a company. Uh, we grew it to eight retail locations in Western Canada and a couple commercial B2B divisions and uh, online and everything. And as of this past July, I left that all to, to pursue some other passions, which I had, which included, you know, just really connecting with people on a, a larger scale, you know, you know, outside of my comfort zone of, of Vancouver. And uh, the online space allowed me to do that. 
And you had you had been online for a while, right? Like five yeah, or six years at that point. Yeah, yeah, I've been online since 2007. That's when I started blogging, and uh, there's been lots of uh, variations on my blog. Obviously, it's sort of morphed into something uh, a bit more. And and I every time a new social channel would pop up, I just hop on it to try to figure it out and learn it because I had a, a big interest in marketing and just from a personal side. And because for my company, I helped with a lot of that, a lot of the online stuff. So it was something that I was actively engaged with regularly, and I realized that I couldn't espouse my own point of views and opinions under my business because it just there wasn't a necessarily a, a platform for me to do that and so I started to create my own personal platforms while also running the corporate platforms and uh, it just my personal platforms just started to, to really uh, engage a lot more people and, and it's amazing because the online space look at us you're, you're, you're sitting in Texas I'm sitting in Vancouver <laughs> and uh, we're, we're connecting and having a great conversation and, and the, the world is like that now you know yeah. you can connect with people and cultures and communities all over the place and it, it's pretty cool it really excites me and uh, that's why i've really dove into that online culture in a much bigger way over the last two years and, and i realized hey man I, I i've had this book in me for a while and i wrote that book and uh, you know came out in january and it, it's just I, I had to go all in you know, I've got to go all in. And my wife is, is a big proponent for that, too. She shares the same sort of passions that I do. Uh, so, it, you know, she was always jabbing at me in the ribs saying, hey, just let's do this. Let's do this. And, you know, I'm the dad. I'm the, the hunter-gatherer of the family. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, uh, I'm in career mode. I'm building a business. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if we should leave this. You know, like what happens if this happens and this happens? You know, whatever. We're young enough. Who cares? Let's go for it. Because I don't want to be one of those guys that's 20 years down the road looking back saying, man, I really wish I'd done that. You know, I don't want to have that regret. And um, so, hey, here we are now. Yeah, what, what I think is funny about it is that you said you felt like you couldn't make a living in the fitness industry. So then you went and became an English and philosophy major, which yeah. a lot of people would argue you're not going to make any money there either. But, oh, I uh, know. It, no. It's cool that you fused both those worlds now. I mean, you're using it, so... Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, my, my original plan was to be either a teacher or a lawyer. And, and to mm. be honest, um, being a lawyer didn't excite me because I was like, no, that's just not going to work for me. And then being a teacher, I was like, oh, do I really want to commit my life to teaching? I love right. teaching, but I don't want to make it a full-time thing. Yeah, and, uh, not in that way. Plus, teachers are grossly underpaid, after you know. And um, so, yeah, I got into business. And uh, away we went. So, Diane, you're uh – Love your website, by the way. I think it's just a great layout. And um, obviously, we'll link to everything in the show notes, but it's uh, diemanual.com. And um, I like how you have it broken down into your five pillars. And I love those pillars. Um, I'd like to explore those a little bit. Sure. And um, another five are, you know, fitness, family, finances, faith, and fun. And uh, if we just want to highlight a little bit, kind of your um, your thought process on, on kind of each pillar and, uh, how you go about writing about those and helping others uh, through each one of those avenues. Sure. Well, thanks. Um, well, my, my book's The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto, and it, it's basically an outline of my own personal manifesto that I live and breathe and just it's how I live my life. You know, it's, it's my personal whole life fitness manifesto. And, and I've always sort of touched on that in, in everything that I've done. Uh, in my life over the last 20 years, but I hadn't ever put it down 
the paper. You know, I, I touched down on certain of these pillars. So as you mentioned, I love alliteration. Okay, you know, it's that uh, uh, creative writer in me and that that English lit guy. It's this this idea of trying to make things very easy to remember. And, and so the five pillars is really just a picture. And, and I sent you guys a copy of my book, and you, you'll notice that I have a, a picture in there that shows a house and. My idea is I look at my life like a house and I need a rock solid foundation, you know, upon which I want to build the life that I want to lead. And but if that foundation isn't rock solid, everything above it is liable to, you know, I, I, I like to look at life like a house and you know there's storms you guys are very familiar with that you're in texas okay so <laughs> you get some storms down there and if your house isn't rock solid and, and weatherproof and, and everything else it, you, you face the wrath of the storm and you got to deal with the repercussions so my, my foundation in life has always been for well, at least since i made those changes at 15 has been health you know health is the focus that's what i build my life on and my walls are fitness family finances and faith and then I have an overarching roof of fun. So, you know, so there's 5S there on top of that foundational piece. And, and for me, it just it allowed me to break down what were the areas that I wanted to focus on in my life that mattered most. Fitness, obviously, being an extension of health. It's my way that I maintain my health and, or at least improve on it. Uh, family is a big piece for me. You know, I'm an active dad. You know, I joke about it, but I'm dating my wife. We're, we're always dating. <laughs> and I, I think married couples should strive for that, that sensation of always be dating one another and always learning about each other and growing. And so family is a big focus. I spend a lot of time in that space. And then finances is really just a, that means to an end, you know, for us to lead the lifestyles we want to lead in the global economy today, we do have to earn an income. You know, we have to have some money to do the things we want to do. It's just, I wish I could barter all day long. You know, I wish I could just say, hey, I'll help you get fit <laughs> and you give me a car lease. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? uh, you pay for my rent, uh, whatever. And, um, so it's just having a good understanding that if that isn't under control, that it leads to a lot of other stresses in life, which can affect the other pillars, right? The other walls of that home. And faith is just that idea that there's something beyond you. And for me, it's always giving back to community. It's just being respectful that I'm put on this planet to do something. I think we're all meant to do something great. What is that? And, you know, like uh, Live Your Legend, their website, I mean, fantastic. You know, there's a lot of great sites that are dedicated to that space of really giving back and, and building a life of awesome, right? And uh, so that's my sort of faith pillar. It's not denominational. It, it fits into anyways. For some people, it's religion. It, whatever that is for you, how do you give back, you know? And so th there's these four walls. And, and we have to recognize, like an engineer, you can recognize weaknesses, so if your finances are out of whack, well, that's going to stress the rest of the, the, the household, right? It's going to stress the other, that, that overarching roof of fun is going to liable to come crashing down if your finances and family are out of whack. If those walls are termite infested, you got to do something about it, man. <laughs> you know, you got to get an exterminator in there. And that's where you have to seek outside mentors or uh, professionals to come in and help you deal with those, those weaknesses. And so it's been a really simple model for me to, to explain my life because people often ask, well, what do you do on a daily basis? I'm like, hey, man, this is what I do. This, these are the areas that focus on. Everything else sort of extends from those, but these are the big pillars. These are what are most important to me. 
Absolutely. And I think everybody's got different pillars. That's cool. We might have some similar ones, but we might have some different ones. And and that's whatever those are, you just figure it out, you know? And, and it be, creates a nice filter for you, too, to live your life, right? Um, I don't Have you heard of the book Essentialism? I have not. No. not heard of that one. Yeah. Very cool book. Uh, Greg Cowan, I think is his last name. And it's like, okay. him, I, I won't go pronounce it. You have to look it up. But Essentialism is really cool because it, it talks about this idea of, of how to create endless productivity in your life but it's really by looking at what is essential to you and what is essential to your life and what you're looking to do because i think we're so busy today and we're inundated with just information and messages and and people now we're, we're constantly accessible so uh, and you're you, you know you guys are in that space too you're, you're gonna get opportunities thrust upon you all day long how do you say yes to one and then no to another. And it's having a very clear understanding of what matters to you most and, and being able to have that honest dialogue with, with not only yourself, but also those that are coming to you and, and explain, you know what, this just isn't a fit and here's why. Mm-hmm. But thank you, you know? And once you have that, that clear filter, man, it just makes making decisions that much less stressful and, and clear cut. And so you can focus on those areas that are most important to you with greater zest and, and more focus. And, and honestly, you get a better return on that time being invested now because it's focused, right? Right. Uh, hmm. I love that. What what I'm curious about is where does the, because the fitness, family, finance, faith, all those are those are the foundation. But where, where does the fun come in? I mean, to me, that almost seems like the, <laughs> the, the cheat meal in all this, you know? It's like, I'm, I'm a work hard for these, you know, six, seven days. And then I'm gonna have that one big cheat meal where it's just gonna, I'm just gonna go ham on. Yeah. It, it, you know, fun for me is like, I, I want to have fun in all aspects of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I paint the picture of a rooftop of over this household and it's overarching. It covers everything. You know, if you're not enjoying your life and you're not smiling every day, you're not laughing every day, you know, and there's something missing. Right. And it's a great stress reliever with the, I mean, I could go on and on about all the positive benefits, not only from a hormonal standpoint <laughs> that's elicited in us when we laugh and when we smile and, and what happens from a psychological standpoint. But it, it just makes all these other areas that much more enjoyable. I mean, right. who wants to talk about finances? I'm not an accountant. I hate talking about money, man. I, it, but it's a necessary thing. And if you can try to make it fun, <laughs> you're going to mm-hmm. be less likely to just ignore it and try to avoid it. Right. Because I think a lot of us do that. It's like, man, we wait until we get that third notice and we're like, oh, shit, I really should open that. <laughs> it's like if I ignore it long enough, maybe it will go away. And that's not the case, man. You got to acknowledge it and just deal with it. And uh, I think there's lots of aspects in our lives that we just try to ignore it. But eventually it gets to a point where that thorn becomes infected. Right. That area around where that thorn was sticking out. You, you got to deal with it, man. And what are you going to do about it? So. Uh, you know, fun for me, and you mentioned cheat meals. Like I, I used to believe in that. I, I don't anymore. Like to me, it's just it's lifestyle. Um, if I want to eat a piece of cake, I'm gonna eat a piece of cake, and I'm gonna own it, and I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna cherish that that moment <laughs> where I'm that piece of cake. But I own it. I, I chose to eat it. Right. Right. And I think I forget what the movie was. I think it was Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. You know, yeah. where he, he makes a joke of that whole idea, but you know, people keep pointing fingers at fast food restaurants, and then he goes and stands outside McDonald's for like six hours, and he's like, "You see, nobody came out and held a gun to me, and told me to go in." <laughs> you know, just to prove a point that it, you know we're, we're people of choice. Right. We choose to do the things that we do every day, and once you acknowledge that and own up to that fact, you can't uh, defer blame. 
you know, you just gotta own it. Like me, I owned it. I, I could, I used to blame everybody for my state of unhealth when I was that morbidly obese teen. It was never my fault, <laughs> you know, because it was easier that way. It was easier to pass blame to everybody else. But at the end of the day, there was one person looking back at me in the mirror, and I had to fess up. Hey, shit, I I chose to eat that tub of ice cream, you know. I chose to veg out and eat a little, you know. Anyways, I won't go down there, but uh, it was my personal choice, my own doing, that got me there. So, Di, you you clearly been living this way a long time. Um, But do, do you do a daily review of these five pillars or do you recommend people to kind of do a daily review just so that it's always in check? Well, I practice mindfulness every day and, you know, a lot of people, it's a really, it's a buzzword nowadays, but, um, you know, my, my manifesto involves 30 minutes of concentrated personal focus every day. It's 15 minutes of movement with purpose, five minutes of mindfulness or meditation, 10 minutes of personal development. It's 2% of 24 hours. Everybody's got it. And anytime I meet somebody that says, no, I don't have 30 minutes, I'm like, bullshit. You know, like, sorry, you might have to beep that out. But, um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, like, bull, like, give me a break. You know, how bad do you want it? Man? Like, you told me all these things and things that you're unhappy with. Like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, can you give me 2%? Can you give me 30 minutes a day right now? And they say no. I'm like, okay, well, when you can, come back and see me. You know, and, and fortunately for me, no one ever says they can't. They, they want it bad enough. And, uh, for, for me during that mindfulness phase, like I, I like to think back on my day, you know, or I like to take stock of what am I going to do today and be mindful of the decisions I'm going to make and the actions I'm going to going to live. And so I do focus on those areas. I, I try to touch down on those every day in some level, you know, um, especially the fitness and the family. You know, those are big ones in faith for me is just it's all about community and helping others. Like that's really important to me. So if I can impact one life a day, I can spend quality time with my family every day. I can get a workout or move my body, even just getting out for a good half an hour, 60 minute walk, you know, uh, that's, that's good for me. Uh, I feel good. And as far as finances are, it's like, Hey, did I manage not to blow all of the money today? Okay. Good day. (laughs) (laughs) I got some money still in the bank. We're all right. Um, you know, we'll have food on the table. Like for me, that's, that's cool. And, um, I, I like to smile every day, man. Every day. I like to remind myself I'm human. Uh, connecting with people and having a smile, having a laugh. You know, as they say, shits and giggles, man. It, <laughs> it makes the world, you know, I think wars would be much more productively fought if we just told a lot of jokes and uh, tried to <laughs> each other from a humor perspective rather than, a, a, you know, animosity perspective. So, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's it. You, you know, people have to figure out how it works for their lifestyle and, and how do they fit that in and then just create a habit around that. And, and I think that's where most people run awry right like they just they, they don't put enough time into figuring out a way to make it work for them um uh, you guys know you know people we see all these uh, made for tv uh fitness programs and you know buy this dvd do this do that and a lot of time it's very onerous you know people have to reinvent their lives to fit this stuff in i'd rather you know fit it into their already existing lifestyle like, for me, that's far more successful. It's finding out, well, where do I really have the time to commit to this that's not going to disrupt everything else that I love to do already? Mm-hmm. If you can figure that out and, and get that sort of cascading effect, it, the, the likelihood of them succeeding is far greater, at least from my own personal experience. And this is what I see in my own tribe is that they're much more likely to keep at it 
And then there's a big community that they plug into that hold them accountable to doing it. And they can relate to those and empathize with these other people. And, and that piece is really crucial to the sustainability of everything. And, and you guys know from the CrossFit communities especially, and this is why I think it's been so fantastic, is it's community. It's a literally a, a platform that provides people a space to connect with others that are in that same mindset. And they hold each other accountable. They uplift one another. They're encouraging one another. I mean, just that's why I got I love CrossFit, especially from the early days. You know, when I first started competing, you know, the guy would finish a wad, he'd come up to the other guy and start cheering him on. You know, like, come on, finish it up. Like, that is awesome. You don't see that in baseball and football. <laughs> you, know, like, no. you, you don't see the, the other team come up and say, oh, man, great home run. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was kind of the genius of CrossFit. It brought basically that high school football locker room feel mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know? You're bang on, man. Bang but, on. So. Yeah. I also think my, my sarcastic sense of humor might start more wars than it, <laughs> than it would help. <laughs> But <laughs> people tend not to know when I'm joking or not. I just like to keep like a straight face, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyhow, I, I, I do want to dive kind of more into that 30 minutes a day that you're talking about. So the 15 minutes of moving, and then the five minutes of of mindfulness. I, I'm imagining is that just like meditation? Yeah, it's whatever it is for you. I I usually like to tack it on at the end of the 15 minutes of movement. Um, usually because I, I give people like AMRAP style body weight based workouts and okay. you know so and then it, we, obviously we modify to suit anybody's abilities and, and fitness levels but uh, especially when it, I deal with a lot of people that have mobility issues just based on inactivity and not looking after the body so you have to modify all the time and scale things but at the end of the day you're moving your body for 15 minutes solid you know, and that's where I'm like, man, you've gone from zero to 15 minutes. This is a big improvement. And then we repeat that daily. But the workouts are always changing. They're always varying, just similar to CrossFit. And, and that was the one thing that CrossFit instilled in me was the, the idea of constantly varied movements and varying up the intensity and really having a, a very clear understanding of what's intense to you as an individual. Because once you understand where your comfort levels are, you know where those boundaries are and you know you have to push those <laughs> to, to constantly extend those outward. Yeah. And working with people to understand that and start to internalize that way of training. And, and really, I like to empower and educate and then motivate and, and inspire. Like, but if I can educate you on how to do it, you're going to feel empowered and you can never use that excuse. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it because those are excuses we hear all the time in the health space all the time. You know, I don't know how to do it. I, I, I don't have access to equipment. I don't have money for a gym membership. Like, man, the, the objections I've heard over the last 20 years of being in this industry are ridiculous. It's the same ones. And they're always different flavors of the same excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I just wanted to create a system that people could use and be successful with. And I call it a gateway program, you know, because it, it's lifestyle. It, it, you start on a certain day, but it never ends because you, you want to live, right? <laughs> you want to have a nice life? You want to feel good? Okay, well, you're going to have to keep doing this. This is maintenance, all right? And at the very least, you can give me 30 minutes every day. And so the mindfulness piece, I tack on to the end of the fitness because it's really easy after you've had a good hard workout to lie down on the ground and just focus on your breathing, clear the mind, and just center yourself. And some people will extend that. They'll go 10, 20, 30 minutes. But I say minimum five minutes. And there's apps that you can use to help you with that. There's lots of cool tools out there to, to leverage that time. 
Um, but that five minutes of just grounding yourself and doing nothing, focus on your breath and being one in the moment, uh, it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for most of us that are very connected and also just go, go, go or type A personalities that are just like, ah, you know, bouncing off the walls all the time. But if you can learn to center and ground yourself for five minutes, it's, it's fantastic, you know, that once you find that, that comfort, that, that space. And uh, then after that, I say, okay, now you're going to do something very positive. I want you to fill the mind for the next 10 minutes with something positive, whether you're reading a book, you're watching a TED Talk. You know, you're, you're listening to an inspiring podcast, you know, two fit guys, so there you go. <laughs> you know, like whatever it is for you. But I want for 10 minutes, concentrated effort and filling your mind with something good. And that's it. You do that every day. It, it's like you're 30 minutes. And I, I joke, but it's a gateway program because people will commit to the 30 minutes. Okay, I got 30 minutes. Inevitably, after about a month of doing that, they're looking for other things other ways to extend that period of feeling uh, good because they see the return on that investment of 30 minutes compounded over 30 days or 28 days. And they're like, holy crap, look what I've done in 28 days. Imagine if I actually committed an hour a day to doing this kind of stuff. Holy smokes, what will happen then? And so I, I, you know, I see people going into CrossFit, going into running, going into hiking and mountaineering. And I've had people extend off doing things that they thought they'd never do. Um, just because now they feel educated, they feel empowered, they're now motivated, they have a community to connect with, and they believe in themselves. And once you have that belief in yourself, man, you can do anything. It's great diet. Definitely seems that kind of like that gateway drug for for living that life. Because um, even the people like you touched on, the, it's the same excuses, right? It's either I'm busy or I don't know, and yes. they boil down to the same thing of I don't care and yes. uh, I don't care enough, and um that 30 minutes and kind of laying it out in these three steps. It's something that somebody can do at their office at lunch. It's something they can do before they go to bed. It's something they can do when they wake up. Um, do you recommend a certain time or it's just like fit it in wherever you can, you know, I'm, I've throughout my life, I've had different times where I've found it optimal to do these things. You know, like there's some days where I like to work out at five o'clock in the afternoon. There's some days where I'm like, man, I can't do five today because I've got a commitment. I better do noon. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer that you, you can't manage time. <laughs> Own up to it. Accept that. You can't grab hold of it. You can't control it. But you can control your commitments and you can manage commitments. So what matters most to you to commit every day? And for me, it's, that's where the pillars come in, right? It's like, okay, well, I, I'm going to block time for family and you can't touch that time. I'm going to block time for fitness because that's for me. That's for me to feel good and to reinforce the health. And I block in the most important pieces into my calendar and those don't get shifted. I don't break those commitments because they matter and they're very important to me. And People have to accept that. And they do because I tell them, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I've got a family commitment. I'm, I'm not breaking that. And if you got a problem with that and you don't understand why, you know, screw yourself. <laughs> Death by burpees, okay? Like, yeah. uh, um, but I never run into that. People understand that. They respect that. And uh, so it, it's really being honest with your own calendar. And I think a lot of us have wasted time. You know, when I say wasted time, it's just time that we're doing things just to fill a void and we, we're, we're not mindful of those choices and those those habits. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they look at people nowadays, you know, in the evenings, what do they do? They're, they've got Netflix on, nothing wrong with Netflix, but they've got it on TV. And what else are they doing at the exact same time? Well, they've got a mobile or a tablet in their lap and they're surfing the web. 
checking Facebook. Like they're doing all these things at the same time. They're not really focused on any one thing, but they're just zoned out. And they'll spend hours doing that every day. Well, what if you actually took, I'm not saying give that up, but what if you carved out half of it to do something a bit more productive for yourselves that's going to make you feel a lot better? Why don't we try that? You know, and uh, just commit for a month. Just please try, try. <laughs> you know, I don't care what time of day works for you. Just figure out a time that does and block it in and stay committed to that commitment to yourself. Well, that kind of leads me to my next question about you and your day. And because it seems like, man, you got content just coming out of your ears. You got the blog, <laughs> the book now, the 99 workouts without gym equipment, functional fitness daily. I read that you have a column in the Vancouver paper. And there's probably a few others that I'm leaving out, but man, where, where do you find, where do you find that time and how do you structure to, to actually just get that continually put that content out there? Like I said, I, I commit time to my calendar that I don't break. Like I don't break those commitments mm-hmm. at least, you know, 99% of the time. So if I have, I know when my windows of productivity are, I, I'm an early morning guy. I, I, been a 5 a.m. guy for, I don't know, uh, gosh, since I was like 18, 19 years old, I've been waking up at 5 a.m. And I typically go to bed around 11 at night, you know, between 10 and 11. I, I function really well on six hours. Uh, that's that's me. You know, and there's people out there that say, oh, six hours isn't enough. Well, for me, it's plenty. Like, I'm, I feel really good at six. And uh, I've just been wired that way. Um, so you look at people that get eight hours of night's sleep. That's great. That's fantastic. That, that's what you need. No problem. If that's what you actually need, then great. But if you think about it, extrapolate two hours a day over 365 days, I get an extra month of productivity. It's a month. It's 30 days extra I get because of those extra two hours, you know? And uh, my, my best time, uh, most productive is from 5 to 8 a.m. in the morning. I get so much done in those three hours because my family's asleep. You know, the world, quite frankly, is asleep to me at that point. Uh, and, and I know that I'm most creative between those hours. And so that's typically when I'm creating a lot of content and uh, I'm writing and connecting or, or figuring out ways of trying to, to help people. And uh, that's my window of opportunity to do that. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the day, I have other commitments where I'll fit in my fitness. I got family time, you know, and, and I'm, I'm doing some community stuff and whatever it might be. I'll, I'll fit those in throughout the rest of the day. And uh, that's that's typically how I work. And it's worked really well for me. But people have to find their own rhythm. Right. And, and sometimes you have to do a little bit of reprogramming. You just have to break some habits that weren't, you know, fulfilling that weren't producing for you and, and recognizing that and saying, okay, well, what do we have to do here to make some changes and how do we make those changes sustainable and, and just getting right with it and going for it. But you have to stay to the path, right? I think that's the problem. Like it's consistency. You guys know this. You're, you're both really fit dudes and you're in the fitness space and you're working with people in that space. And the, the one thing about anybody that's healthy and fit, what do they do to stay that way? Well, they're consistent with their commitment. You know, they're, they're doing it every day. They're committed to that. And uh, over a long period of time, that compounds and gives you a great return. I feel like kind of that underlying theme that we have going is is that, you know, people people want to be productive. They want to be healthier. They want to know what to do. And it's like when they're not doing it, it's kind of always out there like, oh, I'd love to be doing that. And, and it's still excuses upon excuses. And they feel like they don't know how to tackle it. But 
and I, I bring this book up a lot because it's so relatable and it, it ties back into a lot of things one of my golf coaches used to tell me all the time and um, but the book is extreme ownership and um, it's about basically Jocko's theme is discipline equals freedom and if you build in your life these disciplines of the fitness and nutrition and fun and family they don't have to be things that hold you back or take up your time they actually create more freedom because they are there they're the they're the pillars throughout your day throughout your week throughout your year and the reason i say that kind of reminds me of stuff my golf coach used to bring up was we'd be standing on the tee in practice on a practice nine and he would say you know you you don't need to worry about the hazards you quit need you need to quit worrying about hitting the ball in the hazard if you are because you should be grateful for them the hazards are there to show you the fairway. <laughs> and if they weren't there, you just have a big open field. I love that. And that's so relatable because that's the way most people live their lives. Is this big open field kind of just running around, you yeah. know? And once you build in those disciplines of the waking up early, the routines, that really creates a stress-free environment for you to operate. That's a, I love that analogy. That is really cool. I might have to borrow that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fantastic. And it's, you're right. It's that whole idea that uh, we ever truly appreciate hot if you don't know what it feels like to feel cold, right? And it's understanding that there are extremes, and, but there's also a whole lot of space in between. And uh, respecting those levels and, and what it means to you in your life. That's, uh, I like that. It's really cool. So what? You're clearly a five a.m.er, and, and you said you get a lot of work done from five to eight. What does it look like when you first wake up? Are you kind of out of bed and um, straight to work and grinding it out, or do you have kind of an early routine you you follow? You know, I'm. It's funny. I, I set my alarm for five, but ninety percent of the time I wake up before it goes off, <laughs> and I'll get out of bed. I, I do my usual thing. I'll, I'll brew up some coffee and I'll have a sit down uh, on the computer and I'll quickly check my emails, see if there's anything pressing I got to deal with. And uh, then I just get right into it. I, I either I'm creating some blog content or I'm, I'm writing for, you know, I do a lot of freelance writing. So I'm writing a piece or an article or I'm researching an article. Or I'm getting back to people that have reached out to me. And I do a lot on the social space. Because, listen, at the end of the day, I'm a big believer. So when you look at my, my what I do on social media, like with all my different channels, it, it's really a lot of showing. I don't do a lot of telling. Um, I'm a big believer. I'd rather just show you what I do in a day-to-day basis. And if that inspires you enough to reach out or to do something, awesome. Because I... I think a lot of it's really easy to tell people what to do, but until they've made a decision that they want to do it, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and it frustrates people, you know, like I realized that as a personal trainer early on and I've written about this and, and shared this where I wasn't a very successful trainer in the early days. Cause I just didn't get why people just couldn't commit. Like I committed at 15 to making some changes and stuck to it. I'm like, why well, stop here? You know, like I'm going to fire you. I, I, I've already shown you what to do as a client. I, I can't help you anymore, man. Like, I'm not a good trainer for you. I'm not a good fit. And that's why I wasn't a very successful trainer in the early days. I used to just give up on clients all the time because I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand you. I don't know why you're not doing this. And and it's because I, I told you to do this. I told you to eat that. I told you not to eat that. And you know what? At the end of the day, people don't like to be told what to do. 
they got to come to that as their own decision. So on social, I, I just like to to share what I'm doing, and and people see that and they're like, oh man, that's cool. I can do that. Oh, I get that. Yeah, I can do that too. And I find that that it creates a, a better relationship as well as uh, it's very transparent and open and honest, and, and people connect with that. And uh, if that works, it works. If it doesn't, well, there's lots of other people out there doing other things. Find something that does and just do it. All right, like just. Just get out there and be a guy that can say, I just did it versus just do it. I like that. Did I answer your question? I don't yes, know. absolutely. No, I go off on tangents, man. I'm, I'm like that little <laughs> dog in the movie Up. <laughs> I don't know. If, you know, I've got kids, so I watch a lot of Pixar and those kind of movies. And, oh, that's um, a great movie. Well, you remember the little dog with the little voice box? And every time a squirrel runs, a squirrel! Right, he gets distracted. <laughs> well, I, I'm that dude. Okay, I, I see a lot of squirrels, and uh, so if I ever get, I have my ongoing joke with my family and, and close friends is like, hey, if I get off on a tangent, just yell at me, squirrel, and I'll know exactly what I got to do. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I know that I personally, Jake and I talk about this a lot. We we're usually around like six to six thirty AMers, um, nice. sometime in that you know whenever it happens, and. Um, it kind of, I kind of, well, we both have our own morning routines. And so it's really about, I would say eight o'clock until it's time to like sit down and work. But I've been debating, should I wake up even a little earlier, you know, five thirty-five, and, um, well, it's just such a common start, trend, start the work. Yeah. And people that we come into contact with and, you know, high performing individuals and yeah. successful people, it all seems like they're, they're up earlier and it gets them that like win on the day almost. Cause like my, yeah. And, and the, it's nice to have the routine. Like you could still do a morning routine and just back it up to, you know, 5 a.m. or, um, that could even be a break at like six. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just like rambling through my own thoughts here, but, um, oh, I like it. I like it. you know, kind of wake up, have a little coffee, start your morning routine like 6 30 after, you, after you've already, you know, pumped out an article or something like that. And, um, and plus, you know, so Jake and I did a half Ironman this past Sunday in Galveston and that go? it was great. It was a lot of fun. It came away with uh, some sore feet, but um, <laughs> it was yeah, some sore the day was a blast. Too. Yeah. yeah. Good um, for you guys. You know what? I got to just commend you both on that. I, um, my, one of my friends, actually, she's out of Texas as well. Uh, she's in San Antonio, Jen Rulon. I don't know if you're familiar with Jen, but uh, I'll make sure to connect you guys because yeah, cool. uh, she, she just did that as well. And I was following oh, awesome. along on Snap, Snapchat and uh, holy smokes, what you guys do. I, I just commend you. I did my first half marathon in uh, just recently in Jerusalem and oh, wow. uh, like literally three weeks ago. And Dang. my gosh, my Achilles, like they are still healing right now based on the the just the wear and tear on those from the distance and well you have to run man. that one in jesus sandals right <laughs> yeah pretty much i i did i i joked about it i was like i wore my scoras which yeah. were, you know, minimalist shoes yeah. and uh they probably weren't the right footwear but i didn't know any better so i did it and uh oh my gosh it was just awful i was there with a couple other runners and I uh, did zero training for it uh, other than my CrossFit. And um, so the heart was great, but I didn't realize the wear and tear actually on the skin. And uh, so yeah. with five miles left, I was just miserable. <laughs> and, it's uh, it's I, amazing I what the pavement does to you. It's just, oh, dude, it was we did not train on the pavement. Oh, man, we run through old Jerusalem and it, it's like, it was the weirdest thing, right? It's wild. There and there's uh, cobblestone and you got 
18 year olds with machine guns and it's like this is the weirdest place we run my first half but uh, whatever i'm here i'm gonna enjoy it and uh but man you guys did a half iron dude you guys i I just hats off to you guys that's amazing it sounds like more than uh, i think it is but yeah they're they're fun i don't know that we'll do a full i don't know if i'll do a full maybe one to knock it off the list but there are a couple more tries that we want to do this year and kind of get into them. But yeah, we'll yeah. sign you up for the next one. Team, yeah, two you fit. come down yeah. to Texas and uh, there's one in October in Austin. So oh man, well Austin's beautiful. It'd be great huh? weather then too. Fall, oh, yeah. yeah, football season. I, to, I gotta learn how to swim. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I often joke I'm not a swimmer. I'm a singer. Oh, <laughs> that's the, that's the boat I was in. It's just survival. Oh. Survive the swim. Well, I, it was basically survived the whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> but, so with your training with that, like, did you switch up uh, to prep for, the, for these types of – I mean, there's a lot of time that goes into training and prepping for, for Ironmans, whether it's a half or a full. It doesn't matter. It's uh, it's committed. So what did you guys do for that? How did you shift up your schedule to, to accommodate the training? We we did some more two-a-days, like where we would do our kind of triathlon training in the morning for about an hour. Um and then like a light weightlifting session in the afternoon. Um, not, not every day, two a days, but a few days a week. And then every weekend was like a triathlon weekend type thing. We uh, open water swimming, but we, we kept it pretty minimal. It was like, you know, open water swimming, one sprint work in the pool a week, one sprint work on the track or in the neighborhood. Um, and kind of the same, the bike was just like getting some long rides. So it was good. I mean, I, I think we both felt pretty solid except for the run. It was just that we did not run long enough or far enough or on, on pavement. <laughs> yeah. So the joints were like, what are you doing to me? We didn't run yeah. enough like when we were tired. Yeah. Know, after you're fatigued. And it, I think the bike just got us. I mean, we have some nice bikes, but yeah. the people out there are, this is their life. And, you know, they're yeah. 40 to 60 year olds who, who, do not look like, frankly, they don't look in shape, but they're yeah. just flying by me on these like Ducati looking machines. Mm-hmm. Just like Minimal effort. Yeah. Their legs are barely moving. You're like, how are you pushing that bike? Man, something is wrong here. Hour, right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't even care to try to, my ego is in check right now. I'm not trying to catch you. Like you go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It was set a pace and just try to hold it. But it was yeah. fun. We'll, we'll see how the rest that's go. But. Super cool. Good for you guys, man. I, I, I commend you on that. It's, that's just awesome. awesome. But, you know, we had a, we woke up at 4.45 or 5 that morning. And when we got out, you know, that's that's early, I guess. Yeah. It's earlier we normally wake up. But we walking out there and getting your bike set up and walking down the, this long walk on the sidewalk right off the bay to the dock was just beautiful because the sun was coming up it was about 7 a.m and we got in the water at 7 45 and um even in that moment it got me thinking like i need to wake up even earlier because <laughs> you know even back in the day when i was traveling a lot playing a lot of golf tournaments i had to, there were 4 30 5 30 a.m's and um i would kind of wake up just when whenever i knew i needed to get to the tee you know for for practice mm-hmm. um and I, I guess ideally, I think it'd be awesome to wake up at a time where you never had to change it so that you were prepared for anything, you know, because yeah. if you wake up at 5 a.m., there's rarely going to be an occasion that you have to wake up earlier yeah, for right. for an event. Well, my, and, uh, well, my think, thing is, I, I mean, I know, Di, you travel quite a bit. So there's nights we're, we're on the road 
a lot of the time as well. So like just on Tuesday night, we got back midnight at midnight. Then I unload the truck in the rain, you know, yeah. and then to wake up the next morning at five, five thirty would be kind of rough. I mean, you kind of, you probably have your system set to where you're waking up at that time, basically no matter what. Is that right? So it doesn't really matter what time you go to bed. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's that internal clock. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. conditioned. So even if I want to sleep in, it's really challenging for mm-hmm. me. Like it just, it, it's the mind wakes up, right? Like the body might still feel tired. It feels a little groggy, but mentally I'm, I'm alert and awake and ready to go. So it, it's, it's that sort of dichotomy that I got this two areas that are fighting one another a little bit and uh, often the mind gives in <laughs> or sorry it, it, it wins over the body it, it says no man you're getting up and so begrudgingly my body will do what it's told and uh, <laughs> crawl out of bed and uh, get at her and it's I, I just learned when I need to do it you know I've got an autoimmune disease as well so my health is really important but i'll have days where i feel like dirt and um there are days where i'll i'll schedule in an hour nap you know like i i just need it to recoup my body and uh and i'm not afraid to tell it to people because they tell me all the time well i got type 2 diabetes i got this i got that i'm like yeah well i got an autoimmune disease i got no immune system so what's your problem (laughs) you know (laughs) and uh I don't usually talk about it a lot because I don't. I'm not looking for a pity party. It's just it's something yeah. that I deal with. I got it, and whatever. It's it's the cards I've been dealt, but I'm not going to let it determine how I live my life. You know. Have you ever heard of Steve Pavlina? Is a old, no, I haven't. Old time blogger. Um, I used to read a lot of his stuff in college, and he's still out there. Um, the website looks dated, and um, but some great content. It's Steve P A V L I N A dot com. Um, okay, cool. I'll shoot it over to you though, but yeah, please. he wrote a lot of long form content, but he wrote one of the best articles that I save and printed. I still have it on how to wake up early and oh, it cool. changed my viewpoint on waking up early. Um, That's awesome. and it was the most different approach that, that, that you typically hear. And one of the things he touches on is that set your mind to be up early and go practice it. So you would during the day practice four or five times throughout the day like you're in bed you set your alarm you wake up and you brush your teeth and you just ingrain this habit because your willpower in the morning is awful you know it's like (laughs) when you want to wake up early everything's telling you it's warm under here i don't have that much to do at 5 30 and he says so you're going to have poor decision making when the alarm goes off so practice when you can have good decision making and so you can get on autopilot. He also says when you want to wake up early and for instance, like Jake mentioned, we, there are a lot of late nights we have, you would still wake up at 5 a.m. Maybe you only do get five hours of sleep, but the next night your body's going to probably want to go to bed by nine 30 or 10. And mm-hmm. so you kind of over the course of a week, this would average out. So your, your wake up time never changes, but your bedtime might change. That's cool. Like That's a that. great article. I'll, I'll shoot it over to you. And we'll I, I appreciate that. That sounds too. awesome. It's, uh, yeah, I've got a couple things. I've, I've been working on some articles that are in my drafts. That, uh, one, I get asked that a lot about my 5 a.m. ritual. and uh, So I've got a post I'm putting together on it. So we need to, to cite some other sources of people that have experienced some, some really good breakthroughs. So that sounds like something I'd love to cite. So thank sure. you. I appreciate that. We'll be looking forward to that. 
man, you guys, uh, I, I got to say, I, I'm loving the conversation. This is awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. You guys are, uh, well, we're all part of the same tribe, right? Like We're, yeah. we're, we're out there and uh, trying to break down walls and build up new ones. So um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Love it. Well, Di, thanks for being on, man. You got anything else? Oh, well, hey, man, I, I've got another 28-day phase kicking off here uh, a week Monday. Okay. So the way it works is it's free for people to participate. There, there's no hidden agenda or cost. Uh, again, I like to make it accessible to everyone. Um, so the Whole Life Fitness Manifesto is open for people to participate in if they want. And it, the way it works is simple. You, you opt in, you put your name and email in, you have to do some baseline testing for week zero, which is next week. And then they uh, kick off 28 days where they'll get a daily email that outlines a workout either with or without equipment, depending on where you have access or what you don't have access to, as well as mindfulness and personal development prompts. And and you also get access to a private Facebook group uh, before the new website goes up and live where we'll have more of a community. But for now, we're just leveraging Facebook, which everybody's on. Well, at least most people, 1.6 billion of them. So uh, it, it seems to work for everyone. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm always welcoming people to come into the tribe, whether you're already committed to other sports or activities or programs, no problem. Uh, use this to supplement when you don't have time to, to get your daily fix. <laughs> and uh, at the very least, it's a, it's a fun, enjoyable experience and it's ongoing. It's always happening. And uh, so every Basically, every five weeks, we do another 28-day phase. So even if you miss this one, don't worry. There'll be another one. So just opt in for to be kept in the know when the next one happens. Cool. And then um, what what is the retreat you have, the Discovering Whole Life Fitness Retreat? Well, I mean, you know, after a, a lot of years of stumbling around in my own life, um, and I'm still stumbling, just so you know, but uh, I've I've just learned how to use a lot more tools, and, and I've... I'm a big believer that you can design the life that you want. Uh, so we have a life by design retreat, which is on Cortez Island here in beautiful British Columbia. It's a fairly remote island, but it's the Hollyhock Center, which is world renowned. So a lot of uh, thought leaders as well as uh, motivational speakers and, and other people will come to this uh, center annually and lead retreats anywhere from three to five days so we have a five-day life by design it's the whole life fitness manifesto life by design course and it's a a fully immersive five-day retreat and uh, we literally look at the pillars um, the five pillars that we've laid out and provide people with tools and and really an opportunity to create a, a construct for them to develop the lifestyle that they want and um, so, yeah, it, it, there's more information available on my website. You just visit there, click the icon, and it'll take you to the Hollyhock page, which has more details on the actual course and, and information on how to participate in that. Awesome. What are the dates on that? Uh, that is May. Well, sorry, I was going to say May long weekend. It may not be a May long weekend to you, but it's May long weekend in Canada. It's the last weekend of May. Okay. And so that's like May 27th to June, uh, I think, 1st or 2nd. It's a, it's a five-day, and uh, it's beautiful. Just got to check out Hollyhock, uh, their website, and you'll get a feel for what this place is like. And uh, you're, you're literally, you're unplugging from the rest of the world when you're there. Um, so it gives you plenty of opportunity to, to fully immerse yourself in the learning and the experience and, and to really take a lot from it. That's what everybody needs. Yeah. Yeah. So, and dive we only yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. So if people want to follow you and, and, and uh, be able to read more of your content and they can visit diemanual.com, right? Um, yes. D-A-I-M-A-N-U-E-L.com. And then um, your Twitter 
handle and all uh, of them. Facebook. This is the cool thing about having a name. Die, just so you know, is Welsh for David. It, it actually means David. Um, Manuel is a Portuguese last name. I know I'm, I'm a mutt. I'm a mix of a whole pile of stuff. But uh, the nice thing with Die Manuel is I haven't met another one. <laughs> and, and ever since Google came, out it's been really cool because i'm really easy to find if you know how to spell it and every social media channel i've joined even including snapchat is just my name so i i'm really accessible and easy to connect with once you know how to spell my name and so uh i i let everybody know you want to reach out want to chat hey connect with me uh i'm all over the place so i'm, I'm definitely accessible cool die this has been great man we really yeah. had a good time having you on the show oh thank you guys this is awesome and uh hopefully i'll uh connected in real life soon when I make my way down to Texas later this year. And uh, it would be great to connect, get a workout in and, and uh, some shits and giggles, you know? Yeah, hey man. When you get here, let us know. We'll go for that open water swim. Oh, well, uh, maybe I'll meet you after this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come and, uh, yeah, I'll bring the towels. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that works. Awesome. That works. All right, Di. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, have a good day and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Till next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Two Fit Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Two Fit USA, the sports nutrition company owned and operated by the Two Fit Guys. To show our appreciation for you tuning into the podcast, we would like to give you a 10% off your entire order at TwoFitUSA.com. All of our products are sugar-free, paleo-friendly, gluten-free, non-GMO, and a whole list of other buzzwords. So hop on over to TwoFitUSA.com. Don't forget to use your promo code FIT1, that's F-I-T-1, at checkout. We highly value and appreciate your feedback, so please leave a review about the products and the podcast at our website, TwoFitUSA.com, under the podcast and products pages. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Now, if we happen to read your review during one of our podcasts, you'll receive a one-month free subscription of all Two Fit products. So write something noteworthy. If not, we probably won't read it anyway. So go leave a review, listen to the next episode, and till next time. <laughs>